0: Hi everyone and welcome to another natural conversation here with the Natural Hair Weekly. Today I have the great pleasure of interviewing the wonderful Michelle Rose Tapman. She is a New York native who currently lives in Maryland and she is the author of a very powerful book called Hairlooms. Good morning Michelle!
1: Good morning, Judusha. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm super excited to talk to you and to just
0: share. I'm equally excited. I mean, your book sounds amazing. I haven't read it as yet, but I'm I'm sure by the time we finish this conversation, I'm going to be even more thirsty to read it. So to get the ball rolling, can you just give us a little overview of who you are and what you do or what you've done in your little life journey so far?
1: Sure. As mentioned, my name is Michelle Tapp Roseman, and I started out my career as a reporter. um, I'm in the U.S. on Capitol Hill. I covered financial news as a reporter for a number of years. And from that point on, I moved into different capacities as a writer and editor. And I just love to write. My first sort of short story was written at four years old. And then fast forward to about over 30 years later, I found myself... I was getting married, and um, we wanted. after we got married, I decided we wanted to have children. And so I figured one of the best ways for me to make sure that the baby that um, I believe we would have had the best opportunity in terms of being healthy was to stop perming my hair. And when I did that, um, I realized a couple of things. Number one, that I was not able to have children. And then number two, I realized that um, sort of equally challenging was the response I was getting to my natural hair. People would look at me with sort of the side eye and they would make comments from time to time. But what was even more striking was how I felt about myself. I'd always referred to myself as the serial Permer. You hear about serial entrepreneurs. Well, I was a serial permer at perm for twenty five years at least. And I had a running joke with my sister. I said, if I die before you, you better make sure my edges are laid straight. Oh, so that was like <laughs> that was my claim to fame. And so you can imagine the shock and horror really on the inside of me because my hair was always long and straight. So in my mind, I thought I felt good about myself. Clearly people affirm that, but once my hair was short and I think more more importantly, once it was natural in its natural state with its kinks and coils, people would comment, but people can only take you where you've already been. I already did not love myself, but I didn't know it for all of those years. I was accomplished, as I mentioned, a journalist on the Hill, uh, spoke well, was articulate, had my master's degree in nine months. And with all of that, a wonderful husband, I still I felt like I was ugly, just just bottom line. And so the conversations that I had with myself and with other people, as an outgrowth of that that really was what precipitated writing hair looms
0: wow how empowering cuz clearly you love yourself now because i could just oh, yes. i can hear the love in the transparency honey <laughs>
1: <laughs> thank you it's been a journey it has been a, you talk about natural hair transitioning that was that was self love transitioning and that really is what the book is about um as we talked earlier hair is just a backdrop and for so many particularly women of color i think that hair we focus on hair a lot but we don't take uh, we don't take the time to get to root issues which is what the book deals like and and what is really striking you'll notice that some women who have been in the natural hair community very prominent their hair and their curls were on fleek but they committed suicide So you know there has to be a disconnect somewhere. If it's all about my curls popping, if it's all about melanin popping, when all that's popping, why don't I love myself? Why are we still in toxic, abusive relationships? Why don't we love ourselves? Why don't we value ourselves? So this book goes deeper, because in in many cases, we're in crisis. And so we can't afford to just be cosmetic. We have to be willing to take a deeper look at ourselves and and really see what is skin deep. So that's really what heirlooms, the untangled truth about loving your natural hair and beauty, deals with.
0: Absolutely fantastic. But you're so right. Aesthetics, it's it, it, it's nothing. You have to go in. It is a very there's layers to us, isn't there?
1: Yes. Yeah. There there are layers, and and it's hard. You know, it's hard. And I think what happens, and I write about this in the book. It's that when we when we're afraid to deal with those things, what you'll find is women who are uber, you know, just awesomely accomplished on the outside. And I don't take anything away from that, but we rest the weight of our lives on volumes that will vanish. Yes. And so we we have to go deeper if we really want to leave a legacy If we want to pass a baton to to girls of color and give them something to grab, if you look at anyone who's in a marathon, if they're in some type of a race and they have to hand the baton, the baton is an an inanimate object, but it is something that has structure. It is something that is tangible that someone can grab a hold to. And so when we in our generation become whole, when we have to pass the baton, to that next generation, they in turn have something that's tangible and weighty enough to hold on to, to take it and into uh, the next generations to come. Something to to build them up and not just something that's a vapor that's going to vanish.
0: I love that analogy. Gosh, girl, you be, you're giving me the
1: tingles over here, girl. <laughs> <laughs> glad, to, yes. glad to help you. And um, more importantly, glad to help and share.
0: Well, you know, you've already answered like uh, one of my questions, which was what initiated the book? Um, no, what initiated you to have natural hair, sorry. And you said that's because you wanted to have children. Now what, can I, can I just backtrack a little bit and ask you what, what information did you receive that made you think that it wasn't good for you to be perming your hair while attempting to conceive or carrying a child?
1: say that there is there was any empirical data i mean since that time i have done a little bit of research and realized that in some cases uh, uh, unhealthy womb care has been linked to perms but i think it was more just sort of common sense in in my mind if i have something that's on my scalp that will give me a burn a third degree you know or i'll, I'll say a surface burn and i know it's going into my bloodstream I just don't think that that's going to be healthy for a baby. Now, I will tell you, and I write about this in the book, that there were several um, naysayers that said, oh, I had a perm and my children were fine. And, you know, it was, but it's it's the body that I have. And so I had to make a decision for me. So to specifically answer your question, there was no hard-hitting data that I found, but it was just a sense. That, and even if I had it to do again, I would have done the same thing because that chemo its a chemical and it burns and it gets into our bloodstream. And yeah. so I just, in my own mind, I didn't want—I just didn't think that that was going to be the best thing for um, you know. You're trying to conceive and then eventually have to conceive and have a baby. I didn't—I didn't, I didn't want to do that.
0: I hate, and you know sometimes it's good to just listen to that inner pendulum. You know we have a soul for a reason, yeah. so you know why not let it guide you. Yes. A little bit. Okay, um let's get into the juice because in this yes. book, yeah, you have interviewed 32 esteemed contributors, okay? Yes. And yes. girl, I just I got my favorite out of that list already, and I need to okay. I need to know what it was <laughs> like meeting the late Omnipotent yeah. Universal, beautiful soul, Dr. Maya Angelou. Oh,
1: yeah! I, I, I got chills just hearing you lead up to her because I knew that was a person to whom you were referring. Yes. It, it is a memory that I, I will literally never forget. She was grace, personified, elegance, and... As as wonderful as she was, this is actually the second time I met her in person, and I, I, w- I really want to tell you the first story, and and tie into the second one because it speaks to the woman and the timeless beauty that she really that she really has. Uh, the first time I met her, and it's not chronicled in the book, I was I allowed myself to be in an abusive relationship for seven years when I was in college, starting in college. And again, that speaks to the self-esteem issue. So it's still tied into what we're talking about. And I remember on this particular night I was with that uh, that individual. We were in college and we were going to um, we were going to hear actually Dr. Angela's speak. So we were sitting in this college stadium, and I slipped away from it. I said, I've got to use the restroom, and um, the performance was getting ready to start. And I remember going to the restroom, coming out, and the there was this long, dark corridor, and out of nowhere, she just appears and peels back the darkness, <laughs> and... He looks at me in my face. This is at a time, and I, I use this as a backdrop, where I felt so horrible about myself, but was 18 and didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And she looked me dead in my face with only the two of us in the hallway. And she said, my, what a pretty little girl you are. Oh. And I was just. <laughs> I, I would I would like to say I was undone, mm-hmm. but it it's it stuck a pin in my memory so Mm -hmm. let's fast forward now to a time when i was almost 50. wow and i was used to be able to walk into her home and to sit with her and the first thing she said when she saw me ah joy and over almost 25 years later the same grace the same warmth she made me feel uh, that even though she had a bigness about her, that she was small enough to to spend time with me, oh. she was warm, she was caring, and just being with her was it was great oh, that sounds <laughs> what does she smell like, man? I mean, I guess sunshine <laughs> and and hope coke and me hope and beauty and uh yeah i I was just i i knew that i was in the presence of someone who had traveled and she had journeyed and i don't mean two countries which she had you read about in the book there's um a never told before story so you've got to get the book that uh she told me about a, a trip that she made, and I'm not going to give a spoiler alert. So, obviously, we know she had traveled with the greats, but also she had traveled within herself as a woman. Out of all of the people I interviewed, she was the one that right off the break was like, I love how I look. And it was just like, oh my gosh, this is so wonderful. So, she just amazing.
0: Yes. Oh, I, 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 I yeah. <laughs> You know, because I was like Maya Angelou. No word. She. Uh, that's like that's enough for me to read the book yeah. because, um, you know, she's just so potent. She just left a legacy like yes. that. You know.
1: Yes. And see, that's that's what we talk about. And let's let's double click on what I said earlier. She was able to pass the baton because she loved herself. Mm. She knew who she was. So when you talk about heirlooms. That's the goal to help women pass a baton. You can either pass it ahead or or side to side. I'm going to say that because sometimes we we are not it's not just about empowering the generation that's to come. We're sitting by sisters who are suffering. We're sitting by sisters uh, who we can lift up. So it's not always in the years to come. But I believe that there are people in our circles now when we love ourselves, we have, as you use the word, capacity to love others in a deeper way. And that's what the experience with Dr. Angela was. She gave out of an, an, she didn't give out of a deficit, she gave out of an overflow.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. (laughs) You know, when you feel like you were in the room, I could just, feel the resonance from the way you've expressed. Oh, good, good, I'm good. So, so beautiful. Oh, so, and so who, I I wanted to also ask you, um, who were some of your other, I'm sure everybody. um, Yes. Was a, you know, excellent contribution, but like some of the ones that just stand out, like I gotta read this book because it's, you know, some interesting or very informative facts in the book. Given by
1: sure. Um, another one I would say most most people I would say worldwide are are familiar with uh, Sesame Street and the I love your hair I love my hair uh, viral video. Now it's probably over at least six six million views. And I had the privilege of traveling to my childhood one of my favorite childhood spots. The set of Sesame Street, and so yeah, that was great. I, I would just like sidebar. Uh, I got in the garbage, hit that little garbage can of the uh, what was the Cookie Monster. monster. Oh. It was and it was awesome. I was like, I don't care that I'm this age. I'm getting in this <laughs> on this set. I saw Big Bird. I was just like a kid on rolled <laughs> into one. It was. It was <laughs> the best. That's brilliant, <laughs> girl. I would have been up there with you. I used to love Sesame Street, and, and so as you know, or, or, or well, when you read the book, you'll see the uh, creator producer of the video is Joey Mazzarino, and he—I actually had to inter- at the um, privilege of interviewing him such a humble, beautiful man. And I was honestly almost bought to tears in listening to his story. The reason that he created the video was because he and his wife, who happened to be Caucasian, uh, adopted an Ethiopian daughter. And so what they recognized was when she was very little, like three years old, she started to try to emulate her mother's hair. By putting rags and towels on her head and jumping around and she would he would ask his daughter why are you doing that and she would say because i want beautiful hair like my mother and he said but your hair is beautiful at that age mm. even though her parents were loving even though they completely promoted her she did not feel like she was pretty at that age and so uh having that experience i really believe crushed joey to a point where he started to do some research and to dig and to recognize that his, number one, that his daughter was not feeling great about herself. And so he wanted to do something to help course correct the self-image that he had. But in so doing and creating the video, because he, uh, he had the resources to be able to do that and put the video out, he noticed that other women of color on the Sesame Street set were brought to tears by the video. Aww. Why? Because it was a, a message that resonated and it started at an early age. So just to hear the journey, yes. just to see the impact and the love that he had for has for his daughter to make sure that she's in a good place and then to create something. Again, I'm hearing this theme in our interview, legacy, where he could leave something, plant something that other women could clearly benefit from that that's priceless that's what it's about and that's that's that was that was another amazing it was another amazing video or another amazing rather interview
0: awesome (laughs) well and it's beautiful (laughs) i love the fact that you've got both male and female perspectives in the book
1: oh yes it's needed i i mean i think it's needed when we have and i'll just say in general when people have difficult conversations and when i say people i put quotes around it i really make reference to communities or large bodies of people have conversations you have to bring everybody to the table i will tell you why because when we have a conversation with people who are just like we are many times we have blind spots But someone who's on the outside looking in, they may be able to offer a perspective that really brings another level of clarity. And so having a man at the table, having two men at the table was perfect. Um, and, And it's funny. And I'll tell you why. Another reason why it's so important, particularly germane to what we're talking about, is because women many times are impacted by what the men in their lives say about their hair. When people see me with my natural hair, one of the main questions I get, what did your husband say? What did your husband say when you big child? What does your husband think about your hair now? And I've been blessed to have an amazing husband who I shout out in my book. His name is Kyle. And he, from day one, when my hair was straight, uh, when my hair was perm natural, he loves me for me. And it was really interesting because a couple of years ago, when my hair was very long, probably the longest it had ever been, Uh, in life, I decided to get it flat ironed and when I came home, you know, I had my moment I would tell you where I was like sort of flinging it around and I came in the door and he was like, it's nice but I like your hair the other way and I was like, what? And so I know, I know, I know, mad props to my husband. So but it was a check for me and that's, you know, again, still realizing I had some work to do on my own self but to to circle back and to keep our conversation on track, men men's opinions uh, it's something we care about, and also what they say shapes, in some instances, good, bad, or indifferent how we feel about ourselves. Uh, I remember speaking with Kim Coles, and um, you know, Hollywood actress. We had an amazing conversation, and at the time, she was not married. And one of the concerns that she had, she's like, you know, Michelle, I wonder. And I put this in the book. Are are men going to think I'm attractive? Because it is real. There are, you know, you have a school of, a man with a school of thought that they want the women that are in their lives, that they're romantically, with whom they're romantically involved with, to have long hair. And it's okay to have that preference. Uh, In some instances, though, these men translate hair in, in its natural state as being ugly or offensive or unattractive. And so that spills over, unfortunately into how we feel about ourselves so that's why it's so important to have everyone at the table anyone that's related in some way
0: yeah because i'm telling you books like yours um we're seeing right now the influx of people who are embracing their natural selves and their natural hair you guys are the catalysts that are helping to change the nar- narrative of ourselves oh, good. yes so thank you so so much for your contribution and oh you're welcome for your your inspiration it's so empowering just i have i'm look i 'm going to do another I might have to call you back girl and give you a download <laughs> of what I took from the book We could talk
1: again <laughs> Sure, i would i would be happy happy glad to do that that would be great
0: yeah because i 'm really excited and enthusiastic to take it in now because it you know it sounds really good and um it's so so important and you think that you may know. A lot, or you had, like I love myself. A lot of people say I love me, I love myself. But like you said, it's taking. It, we're all reflections of one another, aren't we? To a certain yes, degree. yes, we are. Yeah. So yeah, there's always more to learn, and there's always more seeds to plant in our fertile minds. And and when you were speaking earlier about um, it, it I can't remember the exact point, but I was just real like remembering how important it is to be open. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. Go on. And I, yeah, to be open with others, but I will say to be open with yourself first. The only reason why I've been able to be as transparent as I have been in the book, and I will say not without many tears, literally a lot of tears, is because I've, you know, God's given me the strength to be transparent with myself. And so when we take the time and we've got to take the time, we particularly as women of color, we, you know, we always like to see ourselves. And of course, I'm speaking in general strokes as strong and I can do it all. And I'm moving and shaking and I'm taking care of, you know, the man and the job and many times self-care is lacking. And when we do not take care of ourselves and stop moving so much at a frenetic pace and find out where we are, that's when that's when many times we overlook what's already there what you know and and just to use the illustration or go on the line of the illustration that you noted with having seeds planted and uh you know picking just anything dealing with agriculture oftentimes what you see on the top is not what has made the plant grow it's what's in the dirt that's where you're going to find the earthworms. That's where you're going to find the rocks and the stones. So it is with us. And I just want to speak a word of encouragement to those who are, who are listening. Oftentimes we want to flower. We want to bloom into this amazing woman, but we are afraid of what is in the dirt. Yeah. And I just want to encourage you to know that when you dig around yourself, Even though you may find things that you're not particularly pleased with in the dirt, there's still the flower on top. And so understand that the, the dirt is a part of that. The richness in the soil actually comes from what the earthworm gives off. And so some of the things that we find ourselves struggling with, it gives you the richness to be who you really are and to be that strong woman strength and wealth doesn't come from what we see on the outside. No, that's, that's a myth. It's, it's the stuff that's on the inside. That's the best stuff. Yeah. It's on the inside. So don't be afraid to dig. Yeah. That's where the greatness is.
0: Yeah. I agree. That's the gift of life. Isn't it? Is you have the wealth. It is. The wealth of all your life experience. That's all the data to like. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Get to, to, to that where you get your wisdom from. That's where all the beauty lies. Yeah. You know, if you, yeah,
1: are- it's like a it's like library though, that's, that's our archives. Right. That's that, that really, those are the archives. I remember when I was in school getting my master's, I spent, even though I was getting a master's in journalism, I spent a lot of time in the law libraries because there was a, there was a course I had to take that dealt with the legal aspects of communication. And so when you go into the law library, there are thousands of books, there's thousands, thousands of just bits and bytes of data. That's what your life is. I mean, that's what those rich memories, pleasant and unpleasant. But all of that makes you, quote unquote, worth reading. It's not about looking. It's about a life. You know how we like to say um, in sort of urban slang, girl, I read you. Now we want to be worth reading, you know, and so that's when you have the compilation of all the data and the books and the, you know, in your life.
0: You're an amazing woman.
1: Thank you. You're
0: welcome. Um, I just wanted to say, as a reader, uh, potential yes. readers listening to, to this, this podcast, what can readers expect? What would you like them to walk away? How would you like them? What was your intention? How many ways can I shape the question? Um, but, sure. you know, like, after reading your book, what do you want them to take
1: from it? After reading the book I want them to take away a sense of who they are as a woman. Notice I didn't mention anything about hair. Mhm. That that's already there. I I really want people men because I've had men and women read the book. I want them to come away with a sense of who they truly are and understand that God made them to be beautiful and and that in and of itself has nothing to do. Their pow- power lies in that truth. But beauty really has nothing to do with what's on the outside. And I also want people to walk away being empowered to be comfortable in their own skin. I, I And I still do this to this day. Um, when people come up and ask me about my hair and they may make comments. Oh, I want my hair to be like yours. My hair doesn't curl like yours. I want your hair. I, I consistently stop people and say, wait a minute, there is nothing wrong with your hair. Your hair is fine. You just have to find out what it naturally does. And that's one of the things I I don't like for people to look at me and say, Oh, she, her hair is my goal. I want my curls like that. No, you don't because that's the way my, you may want it, but the reason why my hair curls the way it does that's just the way my hair is and so i think and you talk about what what i want people to get from the book understand that the way you were uniquely made is beautiful in and of itself and learn to embrace that don't compare yourself because you literally were a designers original you were one, I always say, you're one of the best ideas in God's mind. So he did not duplicate you because he didn't want you to be duplicated. Yes. So, that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I want people. I want people to be good. I want them to, when I say good, I want them to be well and empowered to know that they are, as as Nicole Ari e. Parker says, that you are enough. You're enough. Yes, of course, we get our eyebrows plucked and makeup. I love makeup. I love all of that. But at the end of the day, I've gone through enough, I will say, in my 52 years of living to understand that when I don't have makeup on and when my hair is standing straight on top of my head, I can look and give myself a cheesy grin in the mirror and say, boy, you look good, yeah. you know, are you go, girl, and mean it. So that's what I want people to walk away with just to, um, you know, to double click on that, knowing that you are beautiful. You are handsome. You're good. You're good. But take the time to dig around and discover what may make you feel contrary to that. Don't gloss over these things. Yeah. Take the time with yourself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That is so beautiful. I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I think that, um, I'm gonna set up another. I'm gonna read the book and set up another conversation.
1: You, awesome, love it. Yeah. I, I would, I would love it.
0: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That would be uh, great. So tell me, um, is other than the book, is uh, what what else have you got lined up for yourself? What's the, um, have you got any other future projects that we should be looking at? Are you going to be speaking anywhere? Any speaking arrangements? What what else are you doing?
1: Well, I am super excited and equally excited, to. I'm glad you asked me that. I'm preparing to launch an online course for people who are writing. And um, actually, I, I see that eyebrow raise. Yeah, that's my next thing. I love, I love helping people. I love empowering people. And one of the gifts that God has given me is writing. And so I want to help people do it well. So I'm launching a series of online live writing courses where people can register. And um, each, probably each month, I can only take seven people. And they're live online, so it doesn't matter if you're in the UK or US, Australia, wherever you are, um, you can, yeah, you can sign up for my course and meet me, the author, live. For four-week intensive online, whatever your writing project is, if it's a dissertation, if it's a blog, if it's a book, if you are a manager and you find yourself having to write uh, exit letters and you struggle with that, anything that's pertaining to you as a writer, um, you know, I've, I've taught as an adjunct professor in a university here, um, a, prof- a university for professionals for over five years, trained over 1,000 students and taught them how to write effectively. Um, Some of them have hailed from Mozambique, Afghanistan. I spent uh, two tours in uh, Bangkok uh, teaching folks how to write effectively. Yeah, so that is, yeah, it's a passion of mine. And so I'm super excited. I would invite anyone to, um, yeah, contact me about those courses. I would love, like I said, I only have seven spots the next opening is in june and so uh only can take seven people for that intensive and each month you know i'll have that but that i am just so excited about because again it's about passing the baton i know many people they struggle with writing or grammar and punctuation and again it goes back to the same thing we're talking about it's because of something that's on the inside so unique to my course i don't start with grammar and punctuation i start with you who are you what makes you tick why are you struggling do you are you fearful do you have negative thoughts where you feel like you can't write where no one wants to read what you're writing that's what we tackle then we dive off it's the same thing with the book Mm. i deal with who you are because once we're clear with that you can write you can be anything that you want to be you can master it and it doesn't have to master you so that's what i'm doing online courses and this one is entitled beat the block five ways to overcome beat the block five ways to overcome writer's block so you can write any document with confidence (laughs) wow awesome
0: (laughs) so tell our listeners as well how can they find you on all streams of media
1: well the best way to reach me is i'm on ig spend a lot of time on instagram And it's Michelle Tapp Roseman, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-T-A-P-P Roseman, R-O-S-E-M-A-N. If you want to email me, get some more course information or ask anything about the book to have me come and speak, I will travel internationally. It's info at michelletapproseman.com.
0: Excellent. Oh, Michelle, I
1: don't even want it to end. I know, and you've been such a joy. My goodness, so so gracious. Thank you so much. Oh, maybe maybe um um Dr. Maya Angelou's in the room. You here with me,
0: Mayor? <laughs> you some grace on me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I must say, Michelle, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule to speak with us today, and I definitely look forward to speaking with you again after I've read your book.
1: Yes. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, thank you for the wonderful work that you're doing, helping to empower women really one strand at a time. Yeah.
0: That's it. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Natural Hair Weekly. God bless and speak to you soon.